welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that finished that and started Destiny. And then a global pandemic broke out and they decided to halt four-fifths of the way through Destiny to watch Gundam Build Divers, a terrible show. My name is Jeremy. I'm a Penguin Special. I'm Tyler. I'm pretty sure I've seen worse, but uh, not sure where at this point. My name is Zach. The problem with this episode is I remember it being good and I had hopes. And you should never watch Gundam Build Divers with hopes. I should have known better. <laughs> it's not terrible. I wouldn't say it's good, but it's like maybe good by Build Divers standards. Good by Build Divers standards is terrible, Tyler. I'd say it's mediocre. I feel like Build Divers evokes no strong reaction one way or the other. It doesn't earn any of this. No, but like, what is it going to do that it has earned? To have the main characters lose this fight. I suppose you could go that way. On the other hand, they beat a bunch of nameless randos. In Zaku's? But we have nameless randos in Zaku's associated with one of the more powerful, apparently, guilds in the game. From everything that we've been shown so far, they haven't learned anything. Momo has done nothing. Yeah, the moral of the story, Zach, is bring two ringers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... This is completely random, but speaking of their two ringers, I had a revelation about Koichi's screen name today. Yeah. Because it's KO1. Did you not notice that, Tyler? Yeah, no, I literally just realized that because um, he introduces himself to Ayami during this episode, and the subtitles say KO1, but he says Koichi. I'm like, well, that's dumb. And then I'm like, oh, wait, Japanese. His name is a dumb joke. Like in One Piece, where Sanji's brothers show up and you realize their names are Yonji, Niji, and Ichi? Oh, no. That's one of those things that wouldn't really... At least his screen name, I mean, not not the One Piece thing. That wouldn't really work when translated, because in English, it's just Ko-1. And they probably wouldn't translate his actual name as Ko-1, which is basically what it is. So, that was my revelation. That was the best part of the episode. <laughs> I have a different best part of the episode, but it's early in, so we'll get to it. I like the random Zakus they've thrown together here. Yeah, the uh, one that Yuki blasts apart later is pretty good. They weren't all Zakus, though. They are all variations of the Zaku. I thought one of them was a goof. Does that count as a Zaku variant? Is one of them a goof? Am I wrong? And I thought the one with the big with the big shield wasn't a Zaku variant. That is, it's just wielding a Gelgu's weapons. Okay. You're thinking of the Act Zaku, which is a blue Zaku. And you're confusing it for a guff. I could be wrong, though. Maybe there is a guff in here. What were you saying, Tyler? I was going to say, unfortunately, Rommel's noobs probably don't have their own Wikipedia page. Uh, they do not. Nor are their mobile suits listed in the Mecha list for Mecha in this episode on the Wiki page. Okay, actually, no. Here's a good question. Well, I, I mean, we'll get there, I guess. But Maggie has mentioned several times that their team is full. And therefore, they cannot accept any more members. How many members can you have on a team? And why is Rommel taking on these five randos? Yes, Tyler. Also, the five randos he mentions are actually, like, they're affiliated with them, but they're not, mem like, members of Rommel's core force. They're part of Rommel's AAA team. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. There is a part in this episode that did world building that I don't think it really meant to. That's the only way Gundam Build Divers does world building. And then it does some on purpose and is like, ignore that. We're not interested in exploring that. Maybe in Rerise if you're lucky. Yeah, shall we get into it? If you want to watch along, I recommend you don't. I said last week's episode was good for this show, and I still said don't watch it. But if you're a masochist like me, uh, you can watch it on Crunchyroll, Funimation, YouTube. I'm sure like some stray dog has been thrown out with an episode of this on it. 
I mean, don't watch this because especially the season we're recording these things, there's so much better stuff coming out right now. Or there's also every other Gundam series. Well, I guess there's that. But yes, we are watching episode seven, Force Battle, and you can watch along if you like. We begin exactly where we left off the last episode with them asking if they want to register their force, although now Riku and Yuki are rank C and Koichi is rank D. Also, I like that it's a Saitem comment, not a system comment. I didn't even notice that. You're right. English is hard when it's your first language. No, it's not. Hey, Zach, when does I come before E? Whenever the fuck it wants. <laughs> and they succeed this time. They call themselves Build Divers because they have no personality. Yeah, it's an extremely disappointing name. I'm like, isn't that the name of the thing they're in? I'm like, no, that's just the name of the show. We've come a long way. I would love to have uh, had an opportunity to see you learning literally anything. Yeah, they met at least two furries. Like, It feels like there should be an episode in between the last episode and this episode showing from how they got where they were to where they are now. I'm kind of glad they skipped it, honestly. Yeah, I'm okay with the speed of storytelling. Like, grinding an MMO is boring. I certainly don't need to watch somebody else do it. As someone who's playing a lot of WoW right now. Anyway, Koichi has got his groove back. And Riku comments that he's a better pilot than they are. Well, I mean, because build divers can't be asked to show us anything. They have to tell us all of this. And Maggie comes along and he's like, good job. I don't do anything but hang out here waiting for you to show up. Occasionally, he's off with his force. But, you know, when you're a raiding guild, you only really raid on the weekend nights. You're just hanging around farming crap the rest of the day, waiting for noobs to talk to. Maggie's so proud of all his kids. I love that Sora constantly looks half asleep in every shot she's in. Well, they can't be asked to animate their faces in this shot, so they're all like that. It literally looks like they copy and pasted the mouth on <laughs> all does. five of them. <laughs> now for the highlight, force battle. That's the end of this episode. And then we jump into the opening. So we come back and we're in the real world with Yuki and Riku talking about the cool stuff they want to do through their, their Gumpla. No, actually, that's not what they're talking about. Yeah, I think they're trying to find a uh, force battle to participate in. Yeah, they're looking for an opponent, I'm pretty sure, because they think that's what they say. Oh, you're right. I'm wrong. This is the advantage to watching the episode twice in one day, is you remember what happened. And if Mo like the thing here is, they're both talking about that, and Momo is just sitting there across the table from them, like, not participating. It's like, yeah, you, you're part of our force, but you're, you're one of the plebs. Unless there's some, like, restriction that you have to be rank C to access this, but since they're out of the game, she could easily be hanging over one of their shoulders. To be fair, she does pilot a capel, so she is a pleb. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, on the other hand, Momoka does strike me as not the leader. As the person who's, like, looking at boring screens, that's your nerd's job. Either that or she just showed up because she didn't know what they were doing. She seems very unenthused about this. Sometimes she's like, what is a force battle even? And she's like, I, like, basically figured it out, but no one told me any details. And this show loves to over-explain unnecessary details, so could you do that to me? It already told us what a force battle, what like, the important part of what a force battle means for the story like episodes ago here's five minutes of actually explaining the nitty-gritty details that we don't need to know even though we i i, I harp on like i, I want to know details this isn't details that we need to know this is again explaining their rpg mmo that doesn't exist momo is like looking chagrined while she's explaining that she doesn't actually know what a force battle is but the way they make her look this way is like by putting lines under her eyes, so she just looks, like, incredibly haggard and tired for the entire rest of this scene. 
in a way that I find incredibly amusing. See, to me, she comes off as I need to go to the bathroom and I'm trying to end this conversation so I can go do that. <laughs> the way this is phrased initially, all of them have to work together to clear a force mission and then fight another force. Make it sound like there's an like an AI objective first. Yeah, I think this is a translation issue because we will see other force battles that are things like capture the flag or like, I don't think there's any like King of the Hill, but those sorts of game modes exist. So I think they're just trying to get out of that. And it's like you compete against a whole another team and have an objective. Whereas they okay. just do team deathmatch this one like always, like you always do when you're starting. Yeah. Counter-Strike, basically. I guess not deathmatch. Elimination would be the is the term. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, they explain the difference between ranks and ranks, which, to be fair, we have been asking for. Except it doesn't really explain that because they talk about how... They have the A, B, C, D ranks, and Maggie is ranked 23 on the server, but that's him specifically, not his force. I think it was his force. I think they said it was his force, and we are supposed to imply that now that he's 13th, he has moved up. Maybe? I I think if any of us read Japanese, I think the name of his force is under him. I know what his force's name is if you want it spoiled. Yes. Adam's Apple. Oh, that's right. They've mentioned it several times. That's not even a spoiler. They've already said that. Actually, I don't know if they've said it, but I think Jeremy did. Maybe that. Yeah, because the Champions Force is Avalon. Also, you can get fabulous prizes only in PvP. That's not that big of a deal. Like, a lot of things have PvP-related prizes, so... This is actually relevant information to the episode, though. Yeah. Rika's like, hey, why don't we do this one? And Yuki's like, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, an event battle, five-on-five five elimination for newbies, basically. It's your choice of accessory. Like, that doesn't seem specific. Like, wouldn't it be for the entire team, or does just the does the team only get one? Uh, well, we find out later. And Moke's like, like, why this one? And Riku's like, don't worry, I'll tell you at the end of the episode. Cut to the gun to base where Nanami is like, uh, hey, you guys decided on your f- debut battle, huh? This place is apparently dead enough whenever they show up that they don't have to have employees manning the front desk. I imagine it's because they show up right after school and it doesn't get busy until, like, you know, 5 p.m. Although that's probably not true in Japan, since you work until, you know, 8 in the evening and then go to the bar until midnight. Anyway, Koichi got hired to work here now. So now he can draw a regular income in addition to presumably getting sweet gunpla commissions. Well, I mean, to be fair, like, he knows his stuff, so... Like, he's a pretty good fit, since his sister doesn't know anything. I like, I'm not sure if this is a direct translation of a Japanese idiom, but she says, fine feathers make fine birds, which is so close to being birds of a feather flock together, but not quite. I heard that same phrase recently, but I can't remember where. To me, it strikes me as like a, one of the things that's difficult to translate about Sailor Venus is she gets idioms wrong, although the new dub does a really good job with it. This strikes me as a Sailor Venusism. <laughs> fine feathers make fine birds is, in fact, an actual English idiom that is just so old no one uses it anymore. Well, is it an English idiom or a British idiom? It's, it's British. So they're like, okay, the battle's in a week. We got to power up our Gumpla before then. And they, like, they've got diagrams and stuff for what they want to do. And apparently they're going to put a seed backpack on uh, Riku's Gundam. Yep, you should just slap like an ale strike backpack on there. Put swords on it. That'll be good. 
also, you earned custom parts, so let's go to this mold injection thing that they do actually have the Gundam base and mold inject them for you. It is really cool. And I mean, just here with what he's, I believe this is Koichi says this, is a seed backpack would make the best base. Is like, this is the kind of thing you want from a person working at a place like this to be helpful. He's also on their force, so this is already what he was kind of recruited to do. Yeah, but it's just reinforcing that, like, he's good at this. I will say, the 3D printer is kind of a neat idea. It's rad. And Momoka's like, here, I got ideas too for a sweet capsule. Which we don't get to see as she shows it to Koichi. But whatever it is, is apparently extremely shocking to his basic idea, which actually does make a little bit of sense with what it comes out to be, since from what we found earlier, he's kind of more of a uh, purist when he's doing his gunpla. And his reaction is like, it's not a bad idea. It's just like, it would be easier to build it from scratch than to like make it from a kit because there's no kit like this until your gunpla comes out. And it, actually, it's available in stores now, so go buy it, kids. <laughs> it's like, now we just have to worry about Sarah's gunpla. And this shocks Yuki and Riku, and it shocks Yuki enough that it breaks his glasses. I was about to point that out, too. It's a pretty good reaction shot. So quick cut to Sarah, who's like, yeah, I don't have a gunpla. Have you not been paying attention? I do have, like, uh, Riku and Yuki got so excited about Force Battle, they forgot one of their members is not even actually a member. She's a mascot, more or less. I do figure that with Koichi, like, he probably figures she hangs around with them because she's a friend, but she doesn't always have her Gundam with her or gunpla with her. And he probably figures that since she's a member of the Force, then they went to such lengths to recruit him. It's probably for a reason. This leads to my favorite part where Momoka, because she always stands up for her friends no matter what, like jumps up and he's like, hey, you back up. She's like our goddess or our mascot, so it's fine. She can just hang out. And Koji's like, that wasn't my point. My point was we only have four members if she's not going to participate. Yeah, I, I do like how his immediate thing is, yeah, that's not really the issue. It's more a matter of we're going to be outnumbered, which is fine but he's like yeah it's five on five so we'll be outnumbered but then riku's like wait my main character senses are tingling i'll be right back hey this is convenient somebody we know it's like hey i am a you're in the opening do you want to join our team you're in the opening on our team so you want to join up it's about time we finally finish this off he asks will you join our force and she has the narrow eyes and then we cut to riku already explained everything to her so we didn't need to see him convincing her good job show and he's like yeah could you join us and she's like, well, you just like saw me by chance, right? Why would you like me? He's like, because you're in the opening. Also, you were in an episode already. That's more than Koichi had when we recruited him. To be fair, if you need another person and you see somebody you know, it's like, hey, let's ask that person. Exactly. He says, we were hoping to learn more from you. Also, you're like rank A. Also, you're a ringer. We're totally going to stomp these noobs with you. This is the bit of, like, world building that I said I don't think it intended. I think it did, actually. Is She says, I'm an SD Gundam user. So it's like, apparently there's some kind of stigma against them. I think that is intentional world building. This is actually going to come up later. Not necessarily oh, stigma specifically, yep. but the reason she's an SD Gundam user and some other stuff about it. This is actually foreshadowing, believe it or not, because IMA is the only good character. Maybe I was uh, not giving the show enough credit. I just figured that it wanted to get, like, make some reason why she was a loner and be like, oh yeah, SD Gundam, that'll do it. She's also had some dialogue-only flashback to Emperor Palpatine telling her that it's a good design. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is intentional foreshadowing stuff. But to be fair, this show throws so much random stuff out, it hasn't earned you expecting this to come back, to be <laughs> fair. 
I love how she says this, and they're shocked. Shocked and appalled. She's like, well, I'll do it. I'm not part of any force anyway. And also, I'm supposed to be spying on you. I mean, playing with a team sounds interesting. Yeah, and so Koichi introduces himself. Like, I'm the other ringer. <laughs> I do love how he offers his hand, and she doesn't accept it, and he does not know how to deal with this. Well, that's because, like, if you've ever gone in for the handshake and been, like, denied, it's hard to figure out what to do at that point. But, dude, what did you expect? She's got the ninja look going. Like, she's not gonna do the handshake, you think? Does she look particularly friendly? She does have a ninja skirt, to be fair. It could just be a fashion choice. And the scarf. I I like IMA's character design. I actually do, too. I'm just giving it a hard time, I guess. So, like, hey, should we have a meeting somewhere? And she's like, why don't we just use your force nest? They're all like, Force Nest, and then Tyler keeps repeating the animation of them saying it again and again, and it's very funny. I don't think that's Tyler. I think that's just- No, that was entirely me. Oh, was it? Because it wasn't- So apparently they have a personal guild room. Yeah, which Ayami explains to them, and again, believe it or not, the fact that she's the one that knows that will become important. You know, this might just be me, but I immediately got the impression, or it made me remember the- Persona 5 safe rooms, because that's what this reminded me of. It does kind of have that look. So a bed kind of comes out, and Sarah immediately passes out on it, which is interesting. She does always look tired. She's like, this is the first soft surface that I've ever seen. Oh my god, I can sleep for the first time in my life. And it's like, wait, she did she fall asleep in real life? Nah. And Momo's like, but it's adorable, so I'll allow it. Okay, she's like, okay, time to start our strategy meeting. It'll be a montage so that our strategy can be a surprise to the viewers. I like that Momo's Capul is called Momo Capul. What else would you call it? Because her name is Momoka, and it's Momo Capul. Yeah, it, it's the Momo Capul. It's hilarious. Also, you could get to see IMA's Gunpla stats. Apparently, it weighs 25.8 tons and stands 14.4 meters. What the hell? That is 14 and a half meters tall? I call bullshit. We also get some montage of them doing some building. Momoka seems uh, surprised at some runners <laughs> and very excited by some penguins, which were the inspiration. I love this shot. Yeah, she looks super excited. Everybody else is like, okay. And then there's Nanami who's like, this is a great idea. This is a spoiler for something we're never going to get to. But the second opening of Rerise is done by a band called Penguin Research. And Momoka appears in an episode and has a radar feature on the Momoka pool called Penguin Research because of it. okay that is kind of a fun callback i actually really like koichi's new gundam i actually really don't it's rad we're gonna fight about this oh no i really Um, like it i'm pretty sure zach was right about him being the gadbly beta last time because this is the gadbly beta rebake which is a gadbly beta that has gotten its armor redesigned like the gushin rebake from gundam iron-blooded orphans that's probably why i thought it was in the opening a uh, riff off of the barbatos yeah, it's it's got uh, its weapons very similar. Although, like I said, it's closer to the Gushin remake. Hey, Riku, you should wear some gloves. I missed the shot before. Oh dear God, yes. Also, the 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 paint gun isn't plugged into anything. Oh yeah, that's true. I at one point I was trying to prime some of my dudes, and I didn't have any gloves. And man, that primer did not come off my hands for like a week. I bought a bunch of medical gloves because I'm, you know, a a posh princess, but we used them all because of COVID, so I can't paint. Anyway, Riku's doing a painting. Like, for whatever reason, I didn't realize that this was that long of a uh, montage sequence. It's not really. We're going through it very slowly. Dear God, I hate that capul. 
Eh, I think it's cute. I love it. <laughs> See, this is the other one we're going to fight about. Uh, Two out of three Gundam hosts like every Gumpla. I don't like the double uh, O diver ace. Not a fan. I think it's fine. I could take or leave it. I also don't like it, but I think it's fine. I like the Beam Master Gym 3, but I think I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm okay on it. I don't have strong feelings about the Gym 3. So we kept from their completed Gumpla to Rommel being carried into Handshake by one of his associate like he's a hand puppet like they're gonna tell them how to get to sesame street <laughs> secretly that guy is actually rommel the other thing the the little plushie is just his ventriloquist dummy so they are shocked that the only famous person in gbn they haven't met is their opponent <laughs> that's true isn't it he's the only one they haven't met yet and everybody's like wait what are you doing here to, to kick the shit out of a bunch of newbies it's like, don't worry, my noobs are going to go against you noobs. Uh, but first, Sarah and Momo have to be like, oh my god, it's the cutest thing, and just start petting it. And he has no reaction to it. It's amazing. Not until later, but this has to be the exact reason why this is his avatar. That is now my headcanon. This is why he chose this for his avatar. Same. And Yuki's like, stop, he's an important person. And Rommel's like, no, f- it's fine. This is the plan. Rika's like, are you our partner? like, no, I'm just here to cheer on my noobs. I mean, makes sense. Like, he's here to show support for his guys. Just like every other famous person is in your corner. Yeah, every other famous person in this game is in your corner, except for the champion. He's apparently not here right now. He shows up later. I know he does, but he's not here right now. They're like, look at my overly serious newbies. The guy with the Hitler stash is totally going to win. It's fine. Well, I mean... They've been, presumably, training directly with Rommel and his, you know, second place team. So you'd want to prove that you were worth their time. They assert him when he says they're looking for a good battle. And they definitely have a military aesthetic, uh, what's it called, the role-playing thing going on there. Yeah, that's definitely Rommel's whole guild thing. He gets to be ferret because he's the king. Everybody else has to be very serious in the military <laughs> roleplay. No, it's just because you unlock the actual full-blown furry once you get to a certain rank. Our two other famous half-furry characters, well, I guess one of them is just a furry character. The Charyar is a half-furry, and they're both high-ranking. What about Momo, though? Oh, uh, she got those from Maggie. That's a good point. She's still human-like. Rommel is the full-blown ferret. That's what you need to be a high rank to get. Yeah, it's an evolution. You start as human, then you get the animal ears, then you get to tiger wolf, and then full ferret is the highest level. And then you become human again if you're the champion. <laughs> it turns out the champion actually has a secret, like, lemur form or something. Secret technique. It's like a hamster. They get some, like, pep talk words from their famous friends. I do love how Rommel is lounging on a, a hammock with, with um, nice alcoholic beverages. It's like one of those hammock lawn chair things. I've seen these. Like, I'm surprised all you famous people showed up. Like, well, we don't have anything else to do. Yeah, like we said earlier, they only raid on weekends. What are they on top of? Is this a uh, Xeon thing? It's like a hovercraft. I will have to see it again, because I thought they were just on a hill. No, they're on a viewing platform of some sort. I assume Rommel just brought a thing, because it's also got, like, a command tent. Anyway, the champion's here, because he wants to watch too. Yeah, the champion shows up and is like, yo, how's it going, everybody? I dragged my guildies along, because they need DKP. I brought these two because they were bored. Maggie's like, you should have said something to them too. He's like, well, I had to actually do things, but I did send him a sweet email. That we don't even get translated. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't translate this. And it's not even like a case of a different anime that I've watched where they totally screwed up the translation. So like you see the message and then like five to ten minutes later, the message appears on screen in a totally unrelated scene. (laughs) It's like, 
Um, Basically, it says, hey, kick Rommel's ass. I hate that guy. I don't feel like the champion hates <laughs> Rommel. I don't either, but... So when Koichi's like, okay, I guess I'll give a pep talk. Like, uh, we didn't expect such a strong enemy, but if we stick to the plan, we'll win. I mean, it makes sense that Koichi would give the... Uh, what's it called? The pep talk. Because he's done this kind of thing before. Not in this game, but he's gone into the competition side of things before. He is the de facto leader. And is more talkative than Ayami. Well, we already know that Ayame hasn't been in a team battle like this before. Do we know that? She specifically said she's been playing solo. Lately. Anyway, they all get a Gundam launch sequence. So that we can learn all their new names. So they all, like, turn on. I like that Sarah gets to come along for the ride. Well, I mean, if I suppose if it's in guest mode, it would be active in guest mode for most of the time. Because, like, it's a guest. Like, what are they going to do? But because of the situation, you'd have to kind of trust your guest not to uh, distract you while you're busy. Patrick Colasar is watching. Is it this red-haired guy on the left here? Yeah, that's him. As they put this on TV. Although that does kind of make sense for force battles, but... My theory is because, like, this is a couple... This is a bunch of scrubs. Like, who would care about a battle between a bunch of scrubs? My thought is that it just kind of randomly does that. You know how League would pop up, like, high ELO games that you could spectate? I figure this is kind of the same thing. It just randomly picks out a game. Well, it's the live weekend event Frost Match. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I figure that you could also probably select between a bunch of different ones if you really wanted to. But they're showing this in the lobby. To be fair, every famous person is here. So maybe they just asked the champion, what are you going to be watching that day? He's like this rookie match. (laughs) No, so what it is doing is they know that all of these famous people are watching this game. Therefore... Because the weight of famous people watching this particular game set it so high so that it's just now all over the place. And you see what I mean? This looks like it's a hovercraft of some kind. A gallop. That's what this is called. And so people are like, those gunplow look different. Okay, Riku's does look different. Momoka looks like she has an entirely new machine. (laughs) Not just different. That's entirely new. And Rommel has an entirely different drink. Yep, it's a new drink. I was going to point that out. He came to have a good weekend. Maggie's a little snarky about how it's like, I can't believe you'd hide your involvement. It's like, yeah, this is for rookies. Like, remember? And Rommel's like, yeah, but they're actually rookies. And the most important thing for young guns is to taste some victory and build confidence. I mean, that's entirely fair because let's be honest, they're their own force. Yes, they're working with them but they're not directly associated with him. It's the same thing with all of the other people who are here who've helped the main characters not being on the list for the main characters team. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have build divers, a subset of Avalon, subset of Torbu, subset <laughs> of whatever the fuck Shariars is. So the champion's like, yeah, we'll see if that goes that easy for him. We actually saw Shariars earlier and I already forgot it. It's like Cigar or something. It's an S something or other. I don't remember what it was. I do know that it showed up. And so the Zaku team gives its plan, basically. What is this Zaku? Is this like is that like a commander? The first one we see is a Zaku one, although it's got a guff sword and a uh, like machine gun. I don't know where the machine gun is from, but this is a Zaku one. Okay. Then we have a desert type Zaku two with regular Zaku legs and a big shield, and a Zaku two cannon with the cannon replaced with a Gatling gun, an Act Zaku, and a. Um, Kaishi Den custom Zaku that has Gelgoog equipment. Okay, I thought this white one was the goof. Because it's got, like, the horn on it and different equipment. The Commander Zakus also have those horns. Like, Shars has it as well. They are uh, sensor equipment. Okay. I mean, I like the sniper rifle that it's carrying. 
So they're like, okay, the enemy will probably go after this high ground because they have a sniper. So we're going to put a bunch of mines on the way to it because we're tactical soldier types. How do they have time to set this up? My theory here, Tyler, is that this is like a Counter-Strike thing. When they when they selected the force battle, their team basically got defender. So they got the opportunity to set up traps and stuff. See, I was going to say that the same way that Tiger Wolf is specced in G Gundam, they're specced in 08th MS team. <laughs> so they have the opportunity to like do stuff with traps and shit. Yeah, especially with wires. So they're like, yeah, okay, it's your move, Yugi. And we see a, a foot step on some of the wires they set up and all the bombs go off at once. And the commander's like, oh man, they're huge amateurs if they're going for all three paths at once and not even sticking together. Let's go mop them up. I mean, my first thought would be, oh, they wouldn't be there. Oh, they're huge amateurs. It's They set all of them off. Well, this is clearly a trap. So the Akzaku and the Gelgugzaku show up and, oh no, it's only a little cap hole with a snarky message on it. Apparently they didn't set off the traps. I read that as those were traps of their own. I think it's easy to read either way. I think based on what we find out later that they intentionally didn't set off their traps. They did something else. But Momo, Yuki, and Koichi are there to meet them, and they take out one of the units. And Rommel's got a new drink. <laughs> it's like, the battle is just beginning. And apparently they've all split up at this point, because a couple of the other ones, the desert type and the cannon type, step on a wire which sets off all of Riku's gun funnels. They're not funnels, I think they're just like wired to those wires. There's a similar thing that happens in the OFMS team. Speaking of that, where someone just ties a wire to their gun trigger. And sets it to fire. Mm. He's behind them, though, with swords. Because the double-O diver ace has lots of swords. And uh, his new backpack. Look at how determined Sarah looks. <laughs> she looks, like, depressed to me. Like, she's, like, in a determined pose, but her facial expression does not match. It's because her eyes... Like, she looks sleepy to me, actually. She either looks upset about this, or, like, she just got up and is trying to be encouraging, but is very grumpy. She does have angry eyebrows, though. That's the important part. Maybe angry eyebrows just don't look good on Sarah. And so they uh, start retreating. The commander's like, well, at least they know where they all are now. It's not like there was a ninja on their team that we haven't seen yet. I do like how he has a gun on his other arm. It's like built into the arm. So Koichi goes and's like, all right, I think they're going to be in this area. And he's got artillery. I love this. It is amazing. I really like his suit. It's got so many versatile options and the dumb scissor thing that we haven't seen in action yet. So yeah, he fires his artillery at where he thinks they're going to be based on the data. And hey, it more or less works. He doesn't get a direct hit, but he does stop them from moving out in the open. Well, artillery is one of the weapons that close counts for, so it worked out. Their commander starts counting in a weird fashion, like, oh, there must be this many people. It's like, you don't have that many confirmed sightings of things, dude. It's also a confirmed five-on-five five match. Those were the rules. Yeah, you can't have more than five of them. I suppose you could have, like, funnels or dummies or something like that, but... Well, we already know they have it. There is a way to have something like that, but they're only going to have five full-fledged mobile suits. But he's attacked by something invisible, and he's like, Oh no, a ninja! How did she miss? Uh, he sensed that at the last second. <laughs> the guy can't count. Yeah. <laughs> They've got seven. Where are you getting your numbers, dude? So Koichi drops his artillery, presumably because he's out. My assumption is that he had six shots, and he fired the first three to basically give the impression that they set off the traps, and that's how they did that. That makes sense. They said that they drew first blood, but the two guys that initially got jumped are still okay. 
Yes, that's true. And I don't know how to account for that, other than the champion just being wrong, which you don't think he would be. Apparently they disguised the river. Yes. And Momo is hiding there because she's in an aquatic suit and drags them both down. I love how they basically have, like, the entire ground they happen to be standing on is now just gone. Like, they are not in a small river. They are in the fucking ocean. Yeah, grappling rules are confusing, Zach. <laughs> Apparently she has something called an Adelie penguin. I, I think that's an actual species of penguin. I have to go look this up really quick. I believe so as well. Yes, it is. Those are the penguins they were looking at on the screen earlier. I believe that's the champion who says that their formation has been quite broken up. Rin Rommel, with a new drink, is like, well, you know, the elimination matches do tend to become, you know, messy brawls in the end with his sweat drop of like, you noobs are embarrassing me. He's got a lot less confidence now in his expression and whatnot. It's like, it's okay. You know, individual skill is what matters more than macro in the end. Well, in this particular case, yeah, probably. Uh, Riku is 2v1-ing the initial two machines and pushing them back. Uh, no, he's not against the initial two. He's against the, the two that he initially, that he jumped. Oh, you're right. You're right. I don't know why I said that. You're, you're right. The two initial ones are in Momika's river trap. Yes. Well, IMA is ninja fighting the leader. And he's like, she's no noob. She must be a smurf. Apparently boosters work underwater in this particular game. The white one escapes the water, but that was their plan all along because Yuki's just waiting to snipe anyone who jumps out. What, you shouldn't have just jumped out of the water like that? Pretty much a sitting duck when you start to come down. Well, I mean, just out of the water like that, you're above the forest. You know they have a long-distance mobile suit. Yeah, Akizaki draws its beam sabers and gets on land somehow, but Momika's there's tool, and she has a rolling attack. She just turns her capital into a ball and rolls at somebody. Yeah, she just ramuses. Okay. Which doesn't sound like it's terribly effective. And the other guy agrees because he's like, oh, you're just going to roll at me? I'm just going to cut you in half and you get close. But she hits a rock and goes off course. And victory. Because she accidentally dodges a beam saber. She klutzes her way into a win. To be fair, this is now quick thinking because she's like, oh, it's an opening. Naruto style. <laughs> she likes capuls, so she put a capul in her capul, which scratches him to death and then returns. Also, she has a laser on her belly, because where else would you put there? It's better than the standard capul, which only has, like, missiles, I think? Or machine- I think it's actually machine guns. And she declares victory in her capul and a capul. I love that both of them make a V. It's great. Most of them make three Vs each. Brommel doesn't have a new drink. He's just shocked. He looks poleaxed at this point. Rommel was like, that is not standard issue military stuff. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell is that? How is that legal? So I'm not going to, but that is actually a different glass than his last drink. Because <laughs> it's got like a bevel in it. And the last dr drink was in a straight glass. Rommel's having a good time. But drunk Rommel is coming out. I love how he just pulls out like a riding crop and starts yelling at them. Apparently, they've managed to link up with each other. The, the bad guys. But they've been cornered. But like, nah, it's three on two. We have the advantage. As long as, you know, the others of them don't show up. It's three on two. You do realize that one of them has been 1v1ing you, and the other one has been perfectly fine two on one. Is that shield normal that has the two rockets in it? That's a Jagan shield. Uh, Riku shoots the missiles down with his double lasers. Sarah looks nonplussed. But Commander Guy has jumped above them to get the angle, just like he did to uh, Dan. 
that, that was his name, Dan. Well, to be entirely <laughs> fair, like if it works the same way, he is backlit by the sun, so you wouldn't really be able to see him. True. Of course, it doesn't matter in this, so. I feel like Riku could have just jumped or done anything other than the stand there. Yeah, you know, move. But it's okay, Koichi's here with his big shield plier. Shield plier hammer thing. I didn't realize it was also a hammer. Yep. That's great. <laughs> Ayami yells at him for being late when it's his strategy. I mean, it's hard to say what he would have been held up by. And maybe the th- giant suit of armor he's wearing is just slower than he thought. I assume he just, like, got distracted and then forgot to check the time. <laughs> he's like it's still a 3v3 we just have to get them before their backup shows up and then we have an advantage you do realize that they've been handling you easily without that backup although i could definitely see somebody like trying to salvage something having that reaction we're gonna be fine we're still on even footing we can do this it's a 3v3 never mind that there are two items up each (laughs) ayami does some ninja shit and takes out cannon zaku yeah that is definitely some ninja shit right there Koichi uses the pliers of his hammer plier shield, which is very similar to a weapon in IBO, and crushes a Zaku in half. I feel like this is the one time Vulcans would be useful if that Zaku had them. I feel like this is entirely unnecessary for it to be able to do this. Like, this just seems like overcomplication. Uh, yeah, but it's rad, and he probably gets bonus experience for killing enemies this way. And also, like I said, I'm pretty sure the actual model it's based on does that, so he didn't have to make it do that. Makes sense. Riku is fighting the leader who's like, we will not suffer such a disgraceful defeat. But he's like, well, I have a cool backpack. It's kind of like the Destiny one, kind of like an ale strike. And it'll let me go real fast and dodge your bullets. I mean, it's not like he was moving too fast in a, like area. You have a minigun, dude. The entire point of a minigun is not really aim so much as fill this particular area with bullets. I feel like that this guy's just rattled at this point. His entire team just got mopped up by these noobs. His team did get dumpstered pretty easily. Like, he gets a strike against Riku, which sends him back, and that's the best his team has done this entire time. Yeah, it destroys Riku's gun sword. It doesn't even destroy it, it just knocks it out of his hand. It's mildly damaged, you can see pieces. Oh, or are those rocks? Those are just those rocks. Are rock. Never mind. I didn't realize that his new double-O diver ace... I didn't realize that his two shoulder pads were another couple of big-ass swords. That's the one thing I actually like about it. Because they look like they could be used as shields if he angled them right, but they are in fact swords. Because he is a fan of the swords impulse. Generally speaking, I like claymores and stuff. I do not like somebody using two of them at the same time because (laughs) they're just too unwieldy and they look too damned awkward. It's fine on a Gundam, though. No, it still just looks way too freaking awkward. No, I agree. But anyway, Riku, I d- assume, does his signature attack where he cuts an A into his opponent. Brace, obviously. Oh, yeah, that, I guess. I didn't realize that, but I guess. He's like, forgive me, Rommel Senpai. He rolls well enough to get a uh, small death soliloquy. Yep. So Bill Divers wins without a single casualty. And it flashes through all of them looking happy. They all got a kill, so they all contributed. They all pulled their own weight. Rommel has more snacks. And a sake cup. And he's just, like, smoking. Because his ghost is leaving his body. No, the ghost isn't leaving his body yet. It's He's just smoking. The way it comes out of his mouth, that seems like very Japanese, the ghost coming out of your body comedy to me. It, no, you're right. But there's a scene later on where it literally shows the ghost coming out of his body. Yeah, I thought that was happening just now, but it's not. Uh, but Tiger Wolf's like, man, it sure is good they found those two people who are way better than they are. 
Man, it's great they found those ringers. Although I think we do see that they're both still like rank C and D in there, which like definitely a ringer. But I would also feel like you'd rank or do these kind of battles with like a certain ranks like spread. So you wouldn't have this rank C guy going up against the champions team type of thing. Although because the rank letters are just PvP or PvE content, like I feel like there has to be lots of people who just stay at rank C, right? Like they get to our account enough to do a force battle and that's all they do. Yeah, I and, yep. and also I guess uh, you'd also hunt for rank C or try to get there because that's also apparently when you unlock your signature move. Mm-hmm. And also, this is a common problem in matchmaking in real life video games of what do you do with new players? It's why lots of games have um, placement matches, even if they don't tell you that's what they're doing. Yeah, where the like the first ten matches you do of something are have much higher of a swing, mm-hmm. and they are all a new force. So Chariar says, uh, "I like the co- the concept for the Momoka pool, and the GM three has its potential maximized." Did they do any extra work to the GM three? Not that I noticed, but they must have done something. It's got a way more anime beam rifle now. Yeah, I guess. And it's also as good as it's gonna, ever going to get, according to Sharyar. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so. it, it does make some sense that he would praise the Momoka pool thing, because, like... It's a good concept. It's an interesting concept, and he's a big builder. So the fact that it is an interesting, like, a build in, a, in and of itself makes a lot of sense for why he would be more interested on that one. And the champion, like, Riku has improved amazingly. I guess. Okay, if you say so. I mean the the building technique I could definitely believe. See, this is the this is where he's actually got the spirit above him. I love how Rommel's just dead, and he's like, "Well, I guess you need more stick and less carrot." As he's got a grenade in a glass now. He's got a grenade in a wine glass. Well, you know, an excellent cocktail mixer is grenadine. True. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not the right kind. Named after the same thing. Oh, hey, yeah, it probably is, huh? Yeah, pomegranate. Yep. A Granada. Yep. Anyway, a bunch of random people are like, oh, did you see that rookie that defeated Rommel's team? I mean, they didn't really beat Rommel's team. They built people who are affiliated with Rommel. It's not kind of... They, they beat Rommel's rookies. It's not really the same thing. They beat the team Rommel manages. And Ogre is like, oh, I guess that Riku kid won't be a rookie forever as he sees the replay. He dodged good once. I knew he was good. I mean, his phrasing of, I guess he won't be a novice forever both makes sense and is kind of a weird way to phrase that. Like, because of course he wouldn't be a novice forever, but you don't necessarily improve. Although it might be saying that he sees Riku as someone with lots of talent who just needs experience, since that was how he identified him in their first fight, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. Yep. So anyway, Rommel congratulates Riku on a victory well earned, I guess. It's like, yeah, you should face actual me someday. It does. Um, it does make sense. It follows in with uh, what we saw earlier with him and the champ. So like, while watching, it's like. One of those things where it's like, what are you doing? But then once the game is over, it's like, all right, game's over. T- time to be a good sport. The famous people all compliment the build divers. And the champ is like, you became strong, Riku. And he's like, oh my god, thank you, senpai. You noticed me. <laughs> yeah. Hero commandeers Rommel before he goes to pat his belly. Just reinforcing the idea that that is entirely the reason why that's his avatar. And Riku's like, hey, Sarah... He's he's enjoying it a lot more this Put time. Out your hands. Well, now he's considerably more drunk this time, and his team just lost. So, ah, uh, like, does if you get drunk in the game, do you get drunk in real life, or is he actually just drinking that many things? And Rika's like, "Here, Sarah, you can have this. We decided to take this mission for the to give you this cool amulet." 
remember that time you saved me from uh, Ogre, and I would have taken a small penalty if you hadn't? Okay, like, there's a, they're trying to be super serious with, like, this presenting of the, <laughs> yes, Rommel in the background is just fantastic. Anyway, I wanted to pay you back for that, because that was my bad. So, this whole fight was over this pendant? I mean, this whole fight was because they wanted to do a fight, but this is why they chose to... Although, I guess they, they, he does say that among today's victory bonuses, so I'm assuming there's probably more than just that? That, that they got? Be, I, I kind of read it as this is the quest reward they chose out of the options, but it could be either. I was thinking, like, in Monster I Hunter, agree. when you finish a hunt, it gives you that listing of here's all the shit you got. Yeah. And, and they have before said it's like a currency, right? So this is pro- maybe just one thing they bought that they could get today. But who knows? The, the show isn't interested in telling us, and it doesn't actually matter that much. No, it's just kind of weird. And everyone agreed with me. I feel like Ayame didn't quite a, didn't like really agree. She just kind of was like, "All right, whatever." It's not like I give a shit. So I think Rommel's not the only one who's been drinking because look at Koichi's face. I love how I, I love how like he's got the same hair out of place on his avatar as he does in real life. I know it's actually kind of a nice touch. Look, he's a builder. He goes for the details. They're important to him. Yeah, other than Riku and Yuki, the character designs of their teammates is actually pretty good. Sarah's like, aw, thanks, guys. Uh, I think I mentioned it before. I think Yuki looks like he got lost on his on the way to his latest Digimon series. So she's super happy over them giving her that. Yep. Sarah's like, thanks, guys. All I did was sleep in your house. And the champion secretary slash second in command is like, let's come have a photo so it can be a sitcom ending. Well, I mean, like, this is the kind of thing where it's like, all right, Pixar didn't happen that you actually met all these famous people. Well, <laughs> check this shit out. To be fair, they are all on their friends list, though. Yeah, but, like, if you were talking to someone <laughs> at school and being like, I met this dude. That's true. I don't want to think about Riku's other classmates. Thanks for that horrifying thought. <laughs> Do they appear in Re-Rise or... These characters appear in Re-Rise, but only a couple of times. They are not featured prominently. Okay, that's kind of what I figured. That's what you mentioned. There are always, like, different ways to do series that follow on like that. Sometimes you can just ignore them or give them the side-eye. Like, a, a Love Live does it that way. Ironically, I think the champion's two sidekicks here are the characters that appear the most in Re-Rise. Interesting. Because the main character in that's backstory is he was a member of Avalon. <laughs> Oh, really? He was a member of that team and then left for some reason? Yeah. I love how there is... You can see the team that they just beat in the background running laps, basically. Yeah. Rommel said he was going to give them the stick because the carrot wasn't working. Yep. When I watched this the first time around, I actually missed Rommel. I wasn't sure he was in the shot. Because Momo's holding him? Yes, because Momo is holding him. Did you guys watch after the credits on this one? I didn't. I I thought there wasn't one. I didn't notice. I thought it was just a preview of the next one. It is, but the preview is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I did watch this, yes. Bear, 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 I don't understand what you're saying. Bear. What the f... It's fine. Don't worry about it. Anyway, and that was that episode. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. The build divers engage in a fight and win with their own skill, which is kind of what we've been asking for. It just kind of highlights, though, that despite all the problems we talk about with this show all the time, 
the real problem is that the characters are boring and yeah like i feel like i should be rooting for them and i wanted a bit more information or evidence that like look how good these characters are we have no reason to be on their side right with maybe the exception of koichi yeah well this isn't a struggle for them there wasn't like oh we've lost a bunch and now we got to this place it was we met a bunch of famous people well and that's the thing is that it's like we lo- we met all these famous people. We had one incident with these famous people, but the famous person resolved it for us. We didn't really see evidence of them improving or getting better through these instances because it was like, oh, we fought Daniel. We lost to him. And then after that, Tiger Wolf showed up and took care of the problem. And same with Shariar. And like this for the first time, they do take care of a problem by themselves, right? Jokes about Ayami being a ringer aside, they all do get one kill. Yeah. They all contribute to the battle. But this isn't like, oh, finally, because we haven't really seen them struggle at all. They've always been bailed out, and they're just not interesting characters, so I don't really want to see them succeed. Like, it's not like I mythanthropically want them to fail, but they the show has not invested me in them. You're not technically right. They did fail in episode two when you or Riku, Riku failed. lost to, uh, what's it called, the ogre, the ogre dude. But even that is sort of a technical failure, right? Yeah. Because his, his machine broke apart, and he had that promise. This is not a victory over that. That doesn't come until he successfully uses the Trans Am or defeats Ogre, right? Yeah. I feel like this is one of those things that is, is kind of getting hurt by its the speed of its storytelling. But like, but you're right; it is boring to watch people grind in an MMO. Yeah, and I don't think we should have seen that. I think skipping, uh, getting Koichi up to level is fine. We know what happened in that time off space. I don't think PVE missions are a very interesting thing to watch. I think that would go even further into the problem we talk about with this series, just explaining this MMO that isn't real, right? No, I feel like we're, we're six episodes in so far, and the first, I'm not going to say the first six episodes, but at least four of the first seven episodes, however many episodes, they've spun their wheels through a good chunk of them to get to where we are. Like, they've just sat there spinning, and now it's like, okay... Like, dude, you guys only have 25 episodes. Like, you're a f- better than a fourth of the way through your series now, or you're more than a third of the way through your series now, and nothing has happened yet. To be fair, what they've spent their time doing is introducing characters, right? Pretty much every episode has been a character introduction. It's just so many of those characters are ancillary and don't really matter, right? As much as I like the champion, he's not really important to this story. He's important as Riku's goal, Slash mentor, yes. And arguably, it's worth spending an episode on establishing him, right? But one on him and Tiger Wolf and Shariar is too many. Well, that's the problem. Is like you said, the champion fills the, the post of Riku's goal and mentor character. And then they spent additional time introducing Shariar and Tiger Wolf as more mentor characters. I also think a problem with this episode is that their short-term goal so far has been to form a force, right? And they've succeeded at that. And they kind of struggled with that in that they had to convince Koichi to join. But that was really more Koichi's struggle to get over himself and join, right? This episode at the end has to reintroduce Ogre because he's the only other thing going on. There is kind of the weird um, hacking plot, but we haven't seen that in a while. Well, and in this episode, it also introduces that plot, the, the minor plot point and hurdle of, oh, we only have four people for our force because Sarah doesn't have a... Uh, Gunpla. Oh, that gets resolved immediately because Ayame is right over there. Let's go just ask her. 
And to be fair, I don't want them to spend an episode having to recruit Ayame. Nope. I, I don't either. It's just one of those things where it's like, th- this is a plot point that is immediately resolved that could have been resolved in a better way. It's like I keep talking about when I say, like, what are the stakes? But also, like, what are the goals? Like, at the end of this episode, there is no conflict, right? The, the build divers have done what they set out to accomplish. And the other Gundam build fighter series got around this by making them tournament arcs. And then, like, each fight, like, has an implication of, okay, we have to get to the next one. And I understand them not wanting to do that for a third time in a row. But this series feels like it has no structure. Yeah, because initially it was a, basically a sightseeing tour. Like, look at all these cool characters. And now it's like, I don't know what I want to do. So that all said, do you have a high point, Tyler? Um, I'm actually going to go with the introduction of the Momo Capul. I just really like the penguin design. Zach? I think I have to go with Rommel steadily. Like, Rommel's constantly exchanging drinks and steadily becoming like more and more kind of desperate and unhinged as the match is going on. I think I'm going to go with the Ayame stuff that's actually foreshadowing in this episode. Like, Ayame is a character they actually thought out, and she's very quiet, and it's very easy to miss stuff. But, like, later on when what her deal is gets revealed, it all makes sense. And that's so much more than this show usually does. Well, I mean, that's it's fine to have a quiet character as long as you have a quiet character with a purpose. Because there are some of them where you see the series and it's like, this character is really quiet. They must have something going on. And no, that's just because the author had no idea what to do with this character. So they just never say anything. Do you have a low point, Tyler? Weirdly, not really. There wasn't anything wrong with this episode, which I think is why I liked it all right. The fact that I guess the main characters didn't have to struggle at all to win. Yeah, and I get why they go for that, right? Like, it's the same as, like, right after a training arc, you have the heroes kick ass to show how strong they are. You have to have somebody job for them. Yeah, the problem is that they've never had to struggle. Do you have a low point, Zach? I'm not as on board with this as Tyler is. I understand why all the all like all the famous people came in, and that was one of the first things I thought of. I think I might go with the introduction of the Momoka pool because God, I hate that thing. I like how that is my high point and your low point. My low point is going to be that I just don't care. Like the action in this episode is good, right? It's what we've been asking, which is like the main characters giving a reason for these famous people to care about, but I don't care about them. Well, ironically, compared to some of the fights we got earlier, this is actually a little bit weaker. And I think it's because of what Tyler said, that they just rolled this thing. The, the fights themselves are actually not as good as like when we saw Riku and Red Ogre fight those guys. Oh, that's by far the best fight of the series so far, is the Riku and Ogre fight. Or even when the champion and them fought the Dark Gundam, like in those Jagans. All right, so do we want to get spicy and put the Momoa couple on our list this week? Yes. I mean, we've seen pretty much all of its tricks, right? Uh, we haven't seen Penguin Research, but I told you about that. And that's in uh, I, Build... That's in uh, yeah, Rerise, Rise anyway, right? Yeah, but it is the same suit. I think it's better than the regular Kapoor. Easy. Yeah. No challenge uh, for me. I don't. You don't like that Penguin design? No. The feet look a little derpy, I will give you that. But like the the way the chest goes up. And, like, I think it's actually very good. Like, she was like, I want a fucking penguin, and she did it. I mean, I can respect that, but dear God, it looks dumb. The regular Capul does have those, like, really deadly-looking claws, and the uh, Momokapul is, like, not very threatening. The Momokapul looks more like a chibi or a, uh, what's it called, a a plushy Capul. Yeah, but that's what it's going for. (laughs) Surprisingly, not that much higher, because I don't like it. We have the Gym 3 Beam Master. I actually don't think it's as good as the Gym 3 Beam Master, even though I like it. I 
really don't like it. I don't like the Russian doll thing that it's got going on. I'm not a fan of the Capul to begin with. Like, I hate the short little dumpy legs. I think those are actually good. Do you want to say your part, Tyler, or just accept that you're beaten? No, that's fair. Uh, and I like that you knew my position before we even went into this. Um, I, mostly, I like the color scheme on the Momoka pool better, better, but I do think I actually like the Gym 3 B-Master better overall, so... Right below that, a suit I don't like is the Baku. I do like the Momoka pool better than that. I think as far as designs that aren't very Gundam go, I prefer the Momoka pool to the Baku. I'd take a Baku every day of the week over that thing. I think the Momoka pool's like over aesthetic. I'm not a big fan of the of like the SD chibi designs to begin with. And while that one's not dipping completely into the SD aesthetic, it's pretty dang close. And uh, I really just prefer the Baku's, like, dog or wolf-like aesthetic, whereas the Kapul is, like, the, the Momokapul is, like, yeah, I'm kind of short. Yeah, and unfortunately, Zach and I agree on the Baku being awesome, but I think I'm going to have to give it to the Momokapul. I just like the color palette a lot. Uh, so the Momokapul goes at number 59, above the Baku, and below the Gym 3 Beam Master. The last Gundam wingsuit that Kevin has suggested we add for now until we can record some more What's a Gundam? And it's been so long I'm actually jonesing to watch Gundam Wing, which is scary. <laughs> <laughs> so the last one he wanted us to rank is the Taros. The Taros. Which is fine for Gundam wingsuits, but not great. <sighs> the star, it's, it's got a starfish look, and I'm not a fan of that. I do like it more than the Leo. I think I agree. I like it more than the Leo. Both of its paint schemes are better. I'm just looping the Saint Kingdom paint scheme in with it. That's fair. I think I would say I like it more than the Leo. And I think I'm going to make it unanimous. It's close, but I think I agree. But I would say worse than the Shenlong. The lowest Gundam went Gundam we have. Yeah, I would agree. I'm not as a big fan of the Shenlong um, as I am of some other Gundams. But I feel like the Taros... the Starfish design, not a fan. The Shenlon's got those classic Gundam colors going for it, too. Mm-hmm. Kind of the seed equivalent, not really, but they are introduced about the same time as the Din, and I definitely prefer the Din. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I definitely like the more humanoid, like, you know, the actual human-looking head, even though it's only got the mono-eye, as opposed to the big spike that the Taros has. It's also got those, like, dragonfly wings when it's in the air. Just comparing it to grunt suits, I don't think it's as good as the Jin. I mean, I like the Jin a lot, especially since it's got the dumb sword. But the Jin's got that rad-as-hell headpiece, and it's, like, backpack wings. I think I like it more than the Kapool, though. I like it more than the Kapool, because everything is better than stupid softball. I'm on the fence on this one, but I think I agree. I like it more than the Core Splendor, and I'm like the Core Splendor partisan on this. I'm not this. sure I do. I, I hate the impulse, but I kind of like the fighter design on the Core Splendor. Like, just that fighter aesthetic, as opposed to the Tauros. Like, the Tauros is fine, but I don't know. It, this one's really tough for me. Do you have an opinion, Tyler? I was going to say, I think I'm actually going to swing it in the opposite direction that we all expected and say the Core Splendor is actually better for me than the leo and also the taurus which is the suit we're actually talking about i don't have five tabs the course blender is above the leo so Uh, well i mean i'm outvoted anyway so i don't have to make a decision yes i'm saying taurus above course blender tyler's saying course (laughs) blender above taurus zach you are incorrect you do have to make a decision no well let's see fighter craft i I like the fighter craft aspect you know i'm gonna give it to the taurus because not because i just absolutely detest the impulse 
But because I think the the Tauros, both of its color schemes, I think are just better. So the final question, is it better or worse than the Forbidden Vortex? And I really don't know. So if you guys have opinions. The Forbidden Vortex doesn't have a lot of screen time. And man, this one is a little bit tough. I think I'd have to go with the Tauros in part because it's more recognizable. Like if you were to show me a picture of the Forbidden Vortex, I would look at you like you're insane. Whereas the Tauros, I can identify that immediately. But I'm not going to say change your vote, but counterpoint, if you'd never seen Gundam Wing and I showed you a Tauros and a Forbidden Vortex and told you one was from Gundam, which one would you think was from Gundam? Definitely the Forbidden. That's a fair point. Although looking different is not a sin necessarily. So I think I'd probably still have to go with the Tauros in part because, again, it's got a better it's got a much better color scheme, a much more a much stronger color scheme in both of its schemes. Yeah, no, I'm not sure I agree. I think I actually like the Forbidden Vortex's color scheme better. So, that's the way I'm leaning. Yeah, I, th- I think I prefer the Taros as well. It's got two guns sometimes. It's very close, but I think I'll give it to the Taros. So the Taros goes at number s- Nintendo 63, above the Forbidden Vortex and below the Gin. It's not a bad slot. Do you know what the next episode is called? It is called Festival. Oh boy, I'm looking forward to that. Yippee. I guess I already know what it's about, even, because... Sounds like the stakes sure are going to be raised, huh? Yeah, it sounds like the kind of episode we need in order to get this plot moving. Yes, yeah, so we sure do need a breather right now. It's just going to be the metal ceremony at the end of Star Wars, because the next one after that is called Return of the Ogre. <laughs> it didn't lift the curse last time, but I'll ask anyway. Tyler, was this Gundam or was this Isekai? I'm going to say this one was Gundam. Zach? <sighs> like... It doesn't resemble a lot of the stuff that you had in Gundam because, except for, uh, what's it called? Uh, G Gundam? There was, this was actually a fair fight, but I have to think I have to go with it's still Gundam. All right, maybe that'll break the curse. If not, we'll be back next week. Bye!